It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 16th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy with you here on a Tuesday. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode, we're going to preview the Eastern Conference. I'll give you my predicted order of finish in the East. I'll go ahead and give you my finals prediction as today is the beginning of the NBA regular season. The Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Boston Celtics at 8 o'clock on TNT. Followed by, I believe it's the Rockets and the Warriors. Or maybe it's the Thunder and the Warriors. It's it's someone in the Warriors um, to open up the NBA regular season. We're all very, very excited. Of course, the Magic opening their season Wednesday. We'll have a complete preview of that game. The Magic taking on the Miami Heat on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But before we get into any of that, I want to remind you, if you haven't done so already, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Last week, every Locked On host for all the individual teams previewed their teams. I did a little seven-minute bite on the Orlando Magic and what to expect from the Magic. There are 29 other previews just like that one, plus analysis from David Locke, plus analysis from Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Definitely give that a listen. All of last week's episodes on Locked On NBA. You can find that on iTunes. Just search for Locked On NBA. Before we dive into Eastern Conference predictions, um, I do want to just briefly mention uh, what what I learned at practice today. Um, the Orlando Magic obviously getting ready for that opener against the Miami Heat. They've had a couple days of practice, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, to get ready. And then you're into the grinder of the season. And, and there really isn't a lot... To, to say about practice, so I'm not going to play any sound or anything like that. Um, but, you know, there's definitely a little bit of a, a, a new beginning vibe. There's a little bit of a, you know, ready-to-get-going vibe. Like, everyone knows this is an exciting time of the year for everyone. Um, but definitely still a vibe that there's still a lot of work to do, that, that this is still a team that has to focus and commit to um, to playing at a high level and, and, and to... To, to, again, being the team that the Magic need to be to be successful. 
Um, Steve Clifford did mention a few things that I think were interesting. He said, you know, yes, they've started to game plan a little bit more. Um, they're, they're scrimmaging a lot less. Uh, he said that they scrimmage probably more than any pro team, than, than, what, than what at least most pro teams do at this level. Um, throughout training camp, he really believed in getting them out there and playing. Now it's time to start kind of correcting things and, and, and focusing on game plans and getting ready for the daily grind of the season. You don't want to waste energy or waste uh, you know the physicality um, or as, use as little of it as you can to, to keep players healthy in full, full live scrimmages. So that kind of part of the season is over. They're not going to scrimmage so much during practice. Now it's a lot of instruction, a lot of correcting, a lot of kind of you know drills to hammer things home. That's that's kind of the the mo of these uh, early practice training sessions. Um, obviously, uh, you know you, you don't really know what's going to happen until that first game, and 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 it's you know we, we've seen this team in preseason. We've seen what they can be at their best. We've seen what they can be at their worst. Who knows what is going to show up when the chips count? Um, you know maybe. You know, guys lock in a little bit more. I mean, there's certainly some moments throughout the preseason where it felt like, oh, they're kind of just going a little bit through the motions because it's preseason, or they're doing things maybe a little differently because it's preseason. Now's the time to get that all out of your system and start playing the regular season games and start forming the identity that that this team will need if they are to succeed. And, and of course, I think a lot of people suspect that the Magic will be uh, a team that struggles a little bit, um, but... But, you know, we'll see if they can pull something together that we can call um, at least uh, a partial success. Um, Clifford did also note that he plans to try and use a nine-man rotation. Um, not really any more than that uh, throughout the season. That's kind of where he's comfortable with. He, he even said there's going to be some guys who deserve minutes that, just by the nature of the roster, are not going to get the full minutes that maybe they deserve. That's kind of the the, the I guess, the the predicament that the Magic find themselves in a little bit, that that yes, they're not going to be able to give everyone maybe the time that that, that they merit and that they deserve, um, but at the same time, there's certainly a, you know, at, at the same time, there's certainly a, a sense that, 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 you know, the team is going to play all their key players, um, you know, injuries will change things, um, you know, circumstance and matchup will change some things. I think early on we'll even see a ten-man rotation, but um, Clifford's going to try and keep a very tight ship and, and and really focus on on the players that are, are again give put the players out there that give the team the best chance to win at least for this early part of the season. So again, not a lot to say. The team's getting ready for Miami. They played them once before. They said that will help them. They've got some tape on Miami. Miami's got some tape on Orlando too. They played against each other, um, and we'll kind of see where the chips fall on Wednesday. Of course. Um, you know, get the, to get this thing going. You know, you don't want to draw. You know, I'll, I'll issue this caveat now. You don't want to draw any sweeping conclusions from one game. One game can be fluky. Um, you know, Magic beat the Heat last year, lost to the Nets the, the second game, and we all thought that was disaster. And then they beat the Cavs with LeBron the ne- the very next night. So, you know, things go things go weird early on in the season. There are weird results. There are weird things that happen. So, don't read too much into the result Wednesday night. Obviously, it would be nice to start one and zero especially wearing the awesome pinstripe uniforms um, and, and to kind of get this thing going in the right in the right direction and off the right foot. So magic getting ready they're, they're starting they've turned their attention fully to the regular season. It's a really difficult start to the regular season I have to say. Wednesday against Miami, Friday against Charlotte. Charlotte's a team that's that's even, that you know I think Orlando should consider themselves even with and, and a team that they should feel that you know we want to be at their level so big game there. Then they go to Philadelphia 
and then to Boston to open up this regular season. And then I think they have Portland early on uh, as well. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but uh, but obviously um, a lot to uh, you know early st- tough stretch of the schedule is going to be a little bit tricky for the Magic. Um, you know they got to be ready to go, and and so hopefully, and if there's one thing we know about Steve Clifford, he will have them ready to go. He'll have them prepared. We'll see if they can execute in the end. Before we get to my uh, Eastern Conference preview, um, you know that we, we, I got to do the live read, but you know this is really uh, uh, an important live read and, and one that I think uh, will give a, a service that that I think will will serve a lot of you. Um, you know. People have always asked me for advice. I had someone on Twitter today ask me, ask me, oh, should I start so-and-so in my daily fantasy league? You know, what, what's, what's the latest on this team? Is Jonathan Isaac going to play? Everyone always asks me for the big inside information. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's what you do. I mean, I'm labeled a site expert at Orlando Magic Daily. People want the expert's opinion. I host this daily podcast. And, you know, one of the things I do often get is, are the Magic going to cover today? Are the Magic go? Are the Magic a good bet? And my first response is always: Don't ever bet on Northwestern, Northwestern football especially. Don't ever bet on Northwestern football. And are the Magic a good bet? I I, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not someone that gambles a lot. You know, I've been to Vegas. I've I've had fun at the craps table. I walked away a winner last time. Don't really go into the sports book too often, but um, you know. I, you know, I, I am I, I am partial. I do kind of enjoy seeing where the money lines are and all that. And, you know, if, if you're someone that is like that, then my bookie is the site you've got to check out. Um, who who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why my bookie is the place that I always tell people to go and place their wagers. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is really easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie if gambling is your thing. You win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. It's, it's literally like if, you, if, there's, if there's a chance something will happen, you can bet on it. You can join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code uh, Enter Locked On, Locked On, when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's move on to the Eastern Conference preview portion of the show like I did yesterday with my Western Conference preview. I'll start out going through the standings on, on where I think the teams are going to fall in, in the rank order of the playoffs. Um, in, in the East, there's a lot to say about the East. Yesterday on the West, I was, I was racking my brain over who to leave out of the top eight and really said eight, you know, one through 12 all should be should call themselves playoff teams. They're all playoff caliber teams. The East, not quite like that. In fact, the East really, after, yeah, I feel like there are seven teams I'm really comfortable saying are in the playoffs. I don't know if I would say that about them in the West. Um, probably five of them 
I would say have a, would have a good shot at making playoffs in the West. Um, but um, in the East, seven for sure. And then that last eight spot just feels very wide open and very uncertain. And a lot of teams in the East are equally uncertain. And I think you know something that I don't think a lot of people talked a lot about exiting the draft was that almost all the top picks went to the West. DeAndre Ayton, number one. Marvin Bagley, number two. Uh, Luka Doncic, number three. Jaron Jackson Jr., number four. Until you get to Trey Young and Mo Bamba, you know, those top four picks went out West. So, you know, if you want to look at why the East is doing so bad, you got a lot of teams that are, frankly, a little bit mismanaged, and I think the Magic would be included in them. And yeah, you have a lot of the top talent in a bit in a good draft heading out west, and so the East feels very stable with the eight teams. Uh, you know, there's not a, I don't think there's going to be a ton of variability. Uh, it's very top heavy, and yeah, there aren't that many title contenders. But let's start at the very top. I have the Boston Celtics as my number one team in the East. Um, if you know me, you know I'm a Toronto Raptors stand. I have them number two. I, I I really appreciate what the Raptors have done. I actually did not dislike the DeMar DeRozan deal. Um, I, I think that they were in a position where they needed to take a little bit of a swing. Going back with the same group, even with LeBron James gone, that team just, just cannot get over the hump in the playoffs. They cannot get past the Cavs. They couldn't get past LeBron. Who can? But there were clearly some big problems with that team, and, and I don't know if Toronto solved them all. Um, Serge Ibaka is still kind of not... Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas together still don't feel like a great fit, um, certainly not in the playoffs where their, their matchups get exploited. And while they've drafted some nice young guys, they really have. They really are so capped out, they don't have that breakthrough guy. And so I felt like they needed to take a little bit of a swing to mix things up. Um, you know, Yeah, it might disrupt chemistry a little bit, but bringing in Kawhi Leonard, a clear upgrade over DeMar DeRozan, um, I do think that makes them a, a better team but I think Boston is just that much better. Um, yeah, there's a lot of young guys that, that have to prove themselves all over again, and it wouldn't surprise me if Toronto gets the number one seed, but I would still take Boston to win the Eastern Conference overall and to win the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I'm taking Golden State on the other side, by the way. Um, but, uh, but you know, Boston, you know, they got the great coach in Brad Stevens. They're getting Gordon Hayward back, who is an all-star. They get Jason Tatum for another year, Terry Rozier another year, uh, Kyrie Irving healthy. Al Horford is just one of the most underappreciated stars of this era. Um, they're just so loaded that I think it's it's impossible to ignore them. Um, that to me, it's Boston, Toronto, Philadelphia on the outskirts, and everybody else in the Eastern Conference. I think those three teams are really the best that this that this uh, conference has to offer. And and Philadelphia, you know, bringing back the same group, they're going to grow a little bit as young guys come into their own. Um, you know, I, I think they they lost a little bit with some of the players they lost in free agency. Losing Ersan Ilyasova, I think, is going to have a bigger effect than people think. Um, but they'll still be a very good team. Markel Fultz is a real wild card for that team. Um, but uh, the concern with him is he'll take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands, uh, who was really really good le- leading the point too. So um, a lot to like with Philadelphia. Of course, um, they're a young team; they should continue to grow. It wouldn't surprise me if they sneak into the two seed. But I still think it's Boston and Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. At number four, I'm taking the Indiana Pacers. Um, I, I do. I don't think Victor Oladipo comes all the way back down to earth to say like his magic levels, but he doesn't duplicate the the kind of stunning way his season went last year. 
Um, but he continues to get better and improve and um, and, and be an All Star. He's he's he, I think he's an elite. I think he's proven himself to be a star player at this point, and that's going to be a lot with this team that is really solid all the way around. Outside of Oladipo, I mean. Boyan Bogdanovich is solid. They got Tyreek Evans, who's really had a renaissance in his career. Um, Thaddeus Young is just consistent and solid. If they can get Miles Turner healthy and back on the right track, they've got another really good player. I mean, the problem with Indiana is they lack a second star. Um, that's really their big issue, um, that they don't have someone that can carry the load with Oladipo. And so if there's a team that could be due for a little bit of a fall, I would probably say it's Indiana. That doesn't mean they're fall out of the playoff race. I don't think that's the case. But um, I think that Indiana is is really good. I have them at four. You could I can you can convince me to flip them with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's just always perpetually disappointing. I, I hate to say that about a team with Giannis Antetokounmpo and the year that he's probably about to have. But that team just just cannot seem to get out of its own way. Like they they can't make good on all the talent that they have. And and we'll see if Budenholzer can get a little bit more about more out of them. It wouldn't surprise me if Milwaukee ends up fourth. I'm putting them fifth. But I think that that top five is is just a real clear tier of, of teams. Um, I don't think there's going to be much movement in, into that top five from, from, play, from teams outside because the next three teams I'll talk about all have really serious flaws. The Miami Heat, obviously... I believe in the Heat culture. I believe that I believe in Eric Spolstra. I think that they're always good enough to compete. They they play to a standard. They're they're really what every rebuilding team should always be striving to be. They win with heart and and gut and 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 coaching. And, and even though they don't have the most talent in the world, they find a way to compete every single night. And I think that's that's really incredible. And that's really worth it. And, and that's really a big thing. For uh, for the Heat, uh, and that's why they consistently play well. Have them winning the Southeast Division, just as a as just a nose over Washington. I think Washington could easily pass them, but the Wizards just they they always seem to get in their way. Whether get in their own way, whether it's an injury to a key player, whether it's kind of infighting in the locker room, it just doesn't feel like that whole thing works, uh, and or works real well for them or for. Uh, the kind of talent that they have. Um, we've been waiting for a long time for Washington to take that next step, and and they just never seem to. They never seem able to take, you know, going from a solid playoff team to a conference finalist to to winning to winning consistently in the playoffs. Uh, and and I just don't see that changing. They don't change enough year after year. Dwight Howard isn't going to do it. Um, you know, it, it it's going to get to a point where Washington has to think about changing some things up and, and changing a little bit of their core up, but they're not there. Um, and so I have them seven, which is an improvement from last year's eight, but you know, I'm, I'm confident they'll make the playoffs. I'm not confident what they'll do when they get there. Eight seed, I think it's going to be really, really interesting for the Eastern Conference. I think it's really the, the one spot that's up for grabs, and I don't have faith in any of the teams that I think are, are, are running for the eighth seed. I'm going with Detroit on talent alone. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and to some extent Reggie Jackson should be enough to get them in the playoffs. If they're healthy, Dwayne Casey's a great coach. He'll get them to play defense. Um, if they're healthy, they should be a playoff team. They've just got too much talent to do that on the top end. But their depth isn't great. You know, uh, They don't have a lot of shooting. They're kind of like the magic in that way. Um, but they, they have a lot of issues outside of that. Um, you know, But they played really well when Drummond and Griffin were on the floor together last year. Uh, so I think that that Detroit is still a, a tough out and a team that 
um, is that a lot of a lot of teams are going to find to to very difficult to beat. Um, and so I think in the regular season that of course works, and, and they'll they'll make the playoffs as as the East's eight seed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the non-playoff teams, and I'll speak a little bit more about the magic when we get to them. Um, Cleveland, I have just on the outside. I'm not. I'm not someone that thinks Cleveland's going to completely fall apart, provided Kevin Love stays healthy. Um, I think they're good enough to compete in the East. Um, Colin Sexton is a really good point guard. Um, he'll go through his rookie pains, of course, but they've still got a lot of really solid veteran players. Um, and you know, giving Kevin Love the ball, I think, is going to make things really interesting for him. He'll he'll start putting up numbers again uh, and be the player that everyone always knows and thought he could be. Just he couldn't just do that with the Kyrie and, and LeBron duo there. Um, I don't think Cleveland's going to fall apart. I think they'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I have them just outside the playoffs. I just couldn't pull the trigger on them because yeah, if if if, if Love goes down, they might be one of the worst teams in the East. I mean, I think the Magic might be better than them if Love goes down. Um, that's that's how good I think Kevin Love is. Um, after them, I have Charlotte. I'm still in on Charlotte. I'm not as in on them as I've been in previous years. Um, even without Steve Clifford, who is a big reason why I was so in on them, um, Kemba Walker is a great player. If Nicholas Batum is healthy, you know they have a good thing going. If you know Cody Zeller doesn't get talked about enough about what he does for that team, um, they they their pieces don't seem like they should fit, but they do. And Kemba Walker makes things work, but they have a ceiling. You know they don't have a lot of top end talent. They deal with a lot of injuries. They, they can't seem to, to get over that hump. And a rookie coach in James Borrego, even adding Tony Parker, I don't think that gets them there yet either. I don't think that gets them um, past that point either. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's it's tricky. It's really, really tricky. Um, but Charlotte's kind of who they always were. They're, they're kind of who they always are. And, you know, I don't think that's changed unfortunately, for, for the Hornets. I don't think that's changed, that they're still the team that is good, but not good enough. Um, and and But I think they'll be a serious contender for the eighth seed, and, and that's really where I think the playoff cutoff line is. I think there are 10 teams with legitimate thoughts of making the playoffs this year. You know, in the West, it's 12. In the East, it's 10. And really, you know, three of those teams, 8, 9, and 10, are really fighting over the eighth seed and really nothing much more. And so... That's that's kind of what how the East is. It's it's not it's very top heavy, um, but that's that's how it goes. Um, the team that a lot of people are really high on, and I, I'm not quite there on them yet, but I do see the direction they're going, is the Brooklyn Nets. You know, losing D'Angelo Russell last year really really hurt them, but Kenny Atkinson gets that team to play really hard. Um, you know, even uh, I watched them two years ago when they were really really bad, uh, and and I was always impressed that they had a distinct style, they had an identity, they played hard all night long, they were always a tough out, they may not have had the talent to get themselves to the finish line, but they always played hard, always played difficult, they always put pressure on you. 
And that, I think, is a really good sign for that team because they're going to get better. I think they're going to continue to progress um, as they find got, find players. Um, obviously, Brooklyn has their own draft pick this year, so maybe the incentive to win isn't great. Maybe they fall a little bit flat, um, which is why I'm not as in as some people. I've seen people put them in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think they're quite there yet. I think they need another year of seasoning to get there, but Brooklyn's doing good things. Brooklyn's putting themselves in position to to do really nice things and continue to build. Um, I would keep an eye on them this year. I think they'll 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 surprise a lot of people, not to the extent that some people think, but uh, you know I'm comfortable putting them at 11th in the East. At 12, I'm going with the Orlando Magic. I am a little bit higher on the Orlando. I'm certainly more higher on the Orlando Magic than a lot of other people. I think that you know when you look at last season, all of the games lost to injury, plus their statistical profile, suggests that they were. You know, they were 25 win last team last year. It suggests that they were at least, at minimum, five wins better than they were last year. I think they lost at least five games because of in- five wins because of injuries last year. They had the statistical profile of a 28 win team. They won 25 games. They lost a lot of key players for extended periods of time. I don't think it's unrealistic to say that this is a 32, 33, 34, maybe 35 win team. And if 38, 39 is going to get you in the playoffs, that puts you in the conversation. I'm not there yet with the Magic. I don't think they're quite, you know, I'm not willing to say right here, right now, that they're in the playoff conversation. I've always said that there is a universe where they make the playoffs. I think they have the talent if that young talent grows faster than we all expect. Depth is an issue, point guard's an issue. We all know these things. But the Magic to me are a team I think a lot of people are sleeping on um, because they've kind of become the butt of every joke. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, but um, you know, this is a team that that I think fans and the national media don't have faith to get things right. And the only way to to get things right is to surprise people. To to restore that faith is to surprise people. And I think really the the key goal for the Magic is to restore that faith. And I think they do that. I think they do that by getting to 32, 33 wins. Um, I've been saying 32 and 50 is my prediction. That sound like a great record, but that's a seven-win improvement. That's a big step up. Um, and I think it will show that, yeah, there are some pieces there. They're not perfect yet. They're not there yet. But there are some pieces there that are moving them in the right direction. Um, they're they're going to have some growing pains this year. But I think the Magic are a lot better than, than people give them credit for. I think the Magic will hang around a little bit longer than usual. And I think that they'll they'll finish in this spot with you know with the, this this cluster of nice, interesting young teams that is Brooklyn, Orlando, and my number thirteen team, Chicago. A lot of people are high on Chicago too, and I'm not there yet. They don't play defense. They don't have good defenders. Zach Levine is not a defender. Laurie Markkinen is not a defender. Um, uh, Jabari Parker is certainly not a defender. I think their roster is very mismatched, and so the playoff dreams um, are not. I think are way premature. They'll score, they'll be interesting, especially when Markkanen gets back from injury, but they're they're not there yet either. Um, They're further behind Brooklyn for sure, and I think if Orlando's healthy, I think they're still behind Orlando. Um, They've got interesting talent, they've got interesting pieces. I think Fred Hoiberg finally has players that will run his system, and you can see that difference in the way that they play now, Uh, but I, I don't think they have all the pieces together to take that next step that I think a lot of people believe they can. My two worst teams in the Eastern Conference, New York and Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is in a complete rebuild. They're starting from scratch. You know, they got John Collins, they got Torin Prince. They're interesting players, um, but uh, not guys you build around. Trey Young's a rookie. They're going to go through a lot of growing pains. I think they're due to go to the lottery one more time. 
uh, you know, certainly at least one more time. They'll probably finish with the third worst record in the league behind Sacramento and Phoenix, I would think. Um, but they'll they'll be back in the lottery once again to to figure things out and, and get another n- another important piece. New York, um, it sounds bad that I'm putting them 14th. A lot of that is because I just don't know what Kristaps Porzingis' health is like. Um, I don't like a lot of the pieces around him. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s okay, not great. And his Cantor's okay. Um, you know, Mario Zonia's Mario Zonia. Um, Frank Nilakina is still really raw and really young. Um, they got interesting pieces. I think they're, they're moving in the right direction. I think Fiz, David Fisdale has them playing a style that, that resonates with that crowd, with that, with that New York crowd. And I think they come out of the season pretty positive. But yeah, still at the bottom of the standings. If Porzingis isn't healthy, that team is one of the worst teams in the league. I don't think there's any way around it. Um, so I have the Knicks 14th in the Eastern Conference this year. And like I said, I'm taking the Boston Celtics to win the East, the Golden State Warriors to win the West, and I'm going to take Warriors in six in the NBA Finals. So the Golden State Warriors, I think, will repeat, three-peat, I believe, as NBA champions. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I opened up the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag yesterday, answered some of your questions. I'm sure I'll be answering them again here on the podcast very soon. But if you want to check that out, up at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. We'll have a complete preview of Wednesday's season opener on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.